we're sort of just going into a little bit more of a message based on where we were uh, last week and a little bit of continuity rather than a fresh message. And if you remember, uh, I mentioned last week that the turning point in my Christian life uh, was when I began to realise that the lens of faith, and by the way, my operation went really well, uh, really good, and um, I'm still wearing glasses because it's actually long-distance vision that was actually corrected. So, uh, But I tell you, my eyes are feeling good and uh, going through all the, all the necessary drops and things, that a little bit of a drop regime that you need to receive, but thank God for good surgery. Amen? Amen. Thank God for all the, the, all the people that work there too, hallelujah, that look after such things. So, um, you know, uh, it was that lens of faith um, was one that I realised in my Christian life, my early Christian life, was one that I had to choose, one that I had to go after deliberately. And uh, that it was a perspective, a viewpoint, that caused me to view my life and my circumstances and even my adversity through the certainty of God's word and his promises. That was an extra step than just becoming a Christian. Oh, I believe. Well, there was something more that God wanted me to walk into, and I found that out and, uh, and realised that, you know, uh, it's a new way of life to not just be saved by faith, but to walk by faith, to live by faith. And uh, we all need to take that extra step and understand what it is and, and walk that way. So you can be a, a believer, saved by faith, through grace, have eternal life ahead of you, but not be living your life with the lens of faith. And, um, you know, if we're saved by faith, we should then take that extra step and live by faith. And it's so important for us to get a hold of that. You know, Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And uh, we have... Uh, a, a, a viewpoint to choose. What happens if you don't choose it? Well, I found out, actually, because I hadn't been taught about it for the first couple of years uh, that I was saved. I, you, you sort of stumble along. You, you really uh, are not prepared for any battles spiritually. You battle along, you battle along, but having not chosen to live by faith, you're kind of, uh, you know, God's there, he's in your life, you know he's good, but you just don't know how to sort of get him sort of working on your side, if you like. And uh, scriptures say, Hebrews 12 verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He authors it, you see. He authors our faith. How does he author our faith? Well, when faith comes, it's authored. You know, and faith comes by hearing the word of God. We understand that. So this is a pathway to maturity as sons and daughters of the living God. If you grow as a believer, you'll find yourself seeing through that lens of faith. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, my turning point was when I began to choose faith in his word as my lens to view my world through. What a change and what a turning point that was. It, was. it was amazing. I made that quality decision to base my life on his word. I remember the season very well. Uh, in the business I was in, things slowed down during winter. And, uh, and of course, there I was in 1986, the winter months, and uh, by the fireside, by the wood heater uh, there in the suburbs of Perth, I began to write out a notebook 
and I still have it. I was actually just looking at it, reminding myself where it was, um, and found it in my bookshelf, still there. And what I did was I wrote a prayer for every area of my life. I wrote a prayer using the Word of God. I found the promises of God that, that covered that area of my life. And then I wrote out prayers based on those areas and based on what the Word of God said about those areas. And I would pray them. I would speak them out over my life. They were prayer confessions, if you like, based on what God had said, what he uh, built on his promises. And therefore, and we can make the conclusion, of God's will for my life. You know, we need to pray God's will for our life. And we can find his will for our life in his word and speak that out, pray that out over our lives, release our faith in such a way. Someone might ask, is having a lens of faith biblical? Well, I'm glad you asked because it sure is. It sure is. And here is one biblical, biblical account in the book of Numbers. God has led his people... Uh, out of the land of captivity in Egypt with a strong hand. And uh, his purpose is to bring them into the promised land. Uh, We've read the story. Most of us would know it. You know, that uh, they may know him. Uh, And and when you know him, you'll worship him. He wanted them to come out of the land of Egypt and worship me in the wilderness, he said. And uh, we're delivered is a very similar story here. It's very, a great picture of our Christian lives as well, where we're delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and translated over into the kingdom of God's dear son. And next step, you know, we're, we're saved by faith. We now need to live by faith. And uh, it's in that truth that, 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 that we understand that our next step is to go into the land of promise. You know, where we're, we're uh, walking our lives, uh, carrying out our lives according to the promises of God. And, and this is very, very important for us to see. And of course, Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. And, and there's a key here to see. Notice, Send them to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Okay? Which I am giving to the children of Israel. There's a real key there. They already know the end result. Amen? If they just heard the word, they already know where this is going. Where's this little one trying to get out the door? Okay. No escapees, okay? (laughs) But uh, it's so important that we see that they had one job to do. They just had to go and spy out the land. God already knew what was in the land. He could have told them what was in the land. But the idea was the opportunity was for the people to go in there and see it through the lens of faith. Amen. That's what the word of God will give us. It will give us a lens of faith. So for time, we see the 12 spies are selected. Uh, They are 12 leaders from each of the 12 tribes of Israel to go in and spy out the land of uh, uh, the promised land. It's great bedtime reading. I encourage you to read the whole lot. But let's just jump down to verse 17 of Numbers chapter 13. Verse 17, it says, And then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go into the mountains and see what the land is like whether the people who dwell there are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, 
whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage. Another instruction. Don't go in there going, ooh, this is scary. Look at this place, but ooh, you know, and let, be of good courage. And bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So, they, you know, they go out in the land to see what it is, not to see if they can go in and take it. That's not the object of going in. It's to see whether they can go in and take it. What's God already said? It's yours. I've given it to you. You know, if you could just take this over in maybe your own situation, circumstances that you might find yourself in from time to time. You know, it's okay to know the facts, the impossibilities, how difficult it might be. You know, what you might be... It's okay to know the facts, but just remember what the truth is. And in their case, the truth was, I've given it to you. It's yours. This is your land, the land of Canaan. They just had to believe to receive. So there we were, Rosemary and I, our first church plant in Stanthorpe, Queensland. I don't know if anyone knows Queensland at all, but there we were. I think by now it's our first year, 1993. We were in our 30s, believe it or not. And uh, for any young people here, um, someone, did someone just start to clap then? <laughs> I've seen it on Facebook. We, we were hiring a civic centre hall each weekend for our Sunday services been doing it for a while and praying and asking the Lord for our own place. We wanted our own spot, you know, our own, our own building, our own digs, if you like. And the Seventh-day Adventists had just, uh, they already had their own building in town. The Seventh-day Adventists had um, uh, gone out and decided to do some outreach in the, in the township, down the main street of town, and they had hired the old theatre in town from the guy that owned it, hired it, and had gone in there and actually renovated uh, a top part. They took out probably 200 chairs, or I think maybe 100 chairs, and, uh, and, and, and built this mezzanine floor at the top. And uh, there it was, a very forward-thinking pastor. I got on, him, got on with him very well, and we, we met in the Minister's Fraternal. Bold move for the Seventh-day Adventists. They, they built this mezzanine floor there at the top, installed a kitchen, uh, for their baking and cooking lessons and renovated the ticket office, which was sort of a little bit further down the stair stairwell. Um, and, of course, they wanted to turn the book... Uh, they took uh, the ticket store and turned it into a bookstore. And uh, so there they were, uh, all, all uh, uh, pretty well finished, and they wanted to show it to all the other denominational pastors. So uh, the, an invitation came out, and, of course... Uh, uh, the, the official opening, have a cuppa and some morning tea and see our new facilities. And, uh, of course, I'm uh, uh, pretty excited about seeing what they've done up there. They've got a Christian bookstore and they're saying that you can get not just Seventh-day Adventist books here, you can get Christian books, uh, uh, books here as well. So they're really sort of plugging their bookstore. And as I'm walking up the stairs on the day of their official opening, the ministers gathering together, the smell of new carpet and fresh paint in my nostrils as I'm walking up the stairs. Yeah, I can tell they've been doing some work. I'm walking up the stairs. I don't know the building at all. I'm walking up the stairs, and I get about halfway up a fairly steep flight of stairs to go in there, and I heard the voice of the Lord. And I tell you, it nearly floored me. I nearly fell down the stairs. 
I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, this is for you. I tell you, this is for you. And those four words from the Lord, um, uh, I got a shock. I got an excitement. I got a surprise. But what I was not to do was to try and work out how. I just had to receive the word and believe the word. And you know, that's our life, church. Just see the word, believe the word, take it on board and make it yours. So, did I go running up the rest of the stairs and go running into the room saying, God just said, this is ours. (laughs) Could you imagine that? No, I used a little bit of wisdom. And kept that little bit of information that I'd just gotten walking up the stairs to their official opening where they just spent $30,000 fixing up this mezzanine floor. And I zipped it up and just sat there kind of listening to the conversation, but just again meditating, looking around. Brand new carpet, new uh, flooring, kitchen. And I'm just looking at it and and it's like I'm spying out the land. Because it's already been given to us. I just didn't know how he's going to do it. Just didn't know what he was going to do, what the Lord was going to do in that. I just had one job to do. You know what that was? Just to believe. Just to take it and receive it and say it's mine. Because the Lord had just spoken. Uh, here's a shot of the mezzanine floor. It's a pretty poor shot, but in 1990s, the photo photography wasn't that good. But that was the mezzanine floor that you can sort of see. There had a bit of a, bit of a crowd there that particular day. And uh, we, we used that for our, our uh, services as, a, as uh, we began to use it. But how many of you know he's the Alpha and the Omega? You know, he is the beginning and the end. You know, I had to put that lens of faith on straight away you know um definitely told rosemary about it as uh, as as you do in ministry and of course she's she's my bestie and she still is you know and we just talk about the things that the lord speaks to us about and nudges us on but uh it was probably you know less than a year later i was walking past the street entrance to the doorway to the theater and just at that moment that Seventh-day Adventist pastor came out the entrance and almost bumped into me and saw me and said, oh, hi, Peter. And I, I, I was wanting to chat with you. And, and, and I said, oh, good. Uh, and, and I couldn't help myself. And I know what about, too. And he's sort of a little, little bit surprised. He, 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 says, he says, oh, you know. I says, yeah, I do. And he goes, well, what is it? He invited me to tell him. I said, well, I did it sort of hesitantly, but I said, you want our church to sublet your mezzanine floor? And he just about fell over. He said, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. And I said, I know, because I got a little bit of a witness in the spirit about that. And he's sort of looking at me, you know, okay. And, but that was the exciting start. So from that moment forward we stepped into a lease arrangement for that mezzanine floor that the Seventh-day Adventists who don't believe in worshipping on Sunday by the way would hire a church to a Pentecostal church that believes in worshipping on a Sunday for their church services and they signed on the dotted line and we got a 12-month lease 
Glory to God. Glory to God. And, um, you know, it wasn't very long at all. I think it was probably about a year that we were in there. And uh, they came to us and said, look, we're just not really doing the cooking lessons that we thought we might do. We're not really using, we're not getting a lot of traffic up into the bookstore. Would you like to take on the whole lease? And I said, we certainly would. <laughs> so we took on the whole, we took on the whole lease. And uh, I think we paid for the stove, which was in those days $150 for the stove and didn't have to pay. And they didn't want us to or require us to pay a cracker for that renovation, you know. We give the Lord all the glory. You know, and we eventually... Um, we eventually went on and, and uh, uh, moved down into the theatre because we had access into the theatre as well and uh, we hired the whole thing and, and the theatre as well and we started having uh, uh, use of that um, uh, theatre. We, there's a concert here uh, with Steve Grace and you could sort of see the mezzanine was right up the top of the floor there. But how many of you know God's got your provision in hand? Whatever it is that you need, whatever it is that you require, you know, God has it in hand. But what you have to do, you have to stand on the promise of God. Whatever the promise of God is, you have to stand on it. You cannot allow what you know or what you don't know or the way the Lord's going to do this to shift your focus over into unbelief. That's the key. We've got our job to do. What is it? Well, it's just to believe his word. Whether it's the written word or the, you know, the Logos, or the Rhema word. Another Greek word which speaks of the spoken word, what God is saying. The Logos is what God has said. The Rhema is what he, God is saying. And he's still speaking to his people today. Can I get an amen? amen? He's still speaking to us today. Numbers chapter 13. Look what it goes on. It says, And now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran, at Kadesh, and they brought back word to them to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They should have just stopped there. But it goes on. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The cities, sorry, uh, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the, uh, the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. What, you know, what, what would have happened if I'd come back down from those stairs that day and said, surely the mezzanine floor is perfect for our congregation. Nevertheless, the people that dwell there are Seventh-day Adventists. You know, they don't believe what we believe. Moreover, they have a bookstore all set up and a full schedule of cookery lessons. In other words, this mezzanine floor is inhabited already, you know. Imagine I just walked out of there in unbelief about the possibility of getting that uh, property and being able to use it. Hallelujah. You know, these 10 spies wanted the land vacant and free from any opposition. That's all it was. The easy way. Give me the easy route. I don't want any trouble or battles. I don't want to have to fight for anything. I don't want to have to pray for it. I just want to be able to receive it. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we need to dig our heels in and pray. And just say, thank you, Lord. 
that's what we do once we've heard the word, is we start to thank him for the fulfillment of that word. That's our activity. The highest expression of your faith is thanksgiving. Remember that. The highest expression of your faith is thanksgiving. God's people are called to walk by faith, not by sight. The people that went into the promised land wanted to walk by sight and not by faith. There's a, don't get it twisted around. Get it right. For we walk by faith, not by sight, the Bible says. You know, in every generation, those that won't walk with the Lord in his word just go around and around in the wilderness. They live below the blessing level that God intended, uh, where as those that choose to believe God's word, uh, walk out into the victory that the Lord has promised in his word. That's us. Amen? That's us as we determine to be those people. It says, And then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Joshua and Caleb, actually, Joshua and Caleb have the lens of faith on. They have a different view of the promised land as a result of their report the land of Canaan. It's based not just on what they have seen, it's based on what they have heard. What God said about it. What's God say about your situation? Have you got the promise? Have you, have you, have you read the word, what it talks about your situation? Because that's his word to you. Certainly it's the Logos and, and you know, as you stand on the Logos, you watch, the rhema comes as well. You know, that spoken word comes as well what it says but the men who had gone up with him said we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone uh, as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in there are men of great stature there were the giants the descendants of Anak that came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Wow. You know, the other ten spies saw themselves through the lens of doubt and unbelief and not through the lens of faith. They stopped seeing the promised land through what God had said and started to go on what they could see. How often do we let ourselves down right there? Can I get a little amen this morning? You know, how often do we let ourselves down in that area instead of standing on what God says? You know, godly leaders will always lead you to, to you know, toward the fulfillment of God's promises. Understand that. If they are full of doubt and unbelief, you will hear it in their words. And it's not just about them being positive. It's about them speaking the word in their conversation and saying what God says. They're going in the wrong direction, and I encourage you, don't follow them if they are. Look what it says in verse 14, 1 to 4. It says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or only if we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? 
would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. You know, they're going to promote someone else. Moses just isn't doing the job that they thought he should be doing. And all he's doing is leading them into the land of promise. One of the worst aspects of unbelief is that it will take us in the wrong direction. Can I get an amen on that one? It will take us away from what the Lord is calling us to. And that voice of unbelief is so often rational, so often reasonable. It can sound smart, intelligent and educated. It seemed like that's wisdom. But it's just not out of faith. It's just, it's not from the place of what God has said. So, you know, as we close today, and, and I really want to encourage you to be those ones that make that prayerful decision today from your heart, you know, uh, to, to choose to be those people that take on the lens of faith. You know, in whatever circumstance you might find yourself, you know, whether it be just that you're, you're just not seeing enough of God's goodness lately, that you would uh, find what the word says and actually step in closer to the Lord with his word, speaking his word, saying his word, praying and saying what he has said and watch what the difference uh, is. Let's peep, be that people that God has called us to be, a people that walk by faith and not by sight, a people that watch our words and make sure that everything, every word that comes out of our mouths is acceptable to the Lord and every meditation in our heart is acceptable in his sight. Amen? So that from the abundance of our, 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 our hearts, our mouths speak. What are you saying? What are you allowing yourself to say around the house? When you're just with your family, with your children, with your, you know, your sons and daughters and extended relatives, what do you say? Do you join in with what they say? Or have you got another standard that you would hope they would rise up to? We need to watch the words of our mouth. Um, Psalm 141 says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. You know, you don't want any corrupt communication coming out of your mouth. We want God's wholesome words and his promises uh, to be uh, what we allow escape from these lips. Why don't we all stand uh, uh, this morning? We've, we've got morning tea. We're going to be closing. Um, but I just want to make an invitation for you to pray uh, and make a quality decision this morning. Make it from your heart. Uh, decide that you're going to be one of those ones that get that lens of faith on. Amen? That put it on and see things differently, no matter what it is you're facing, no matter what the adversity might be. And you watch God come on the scene and fulfill his promises. You watch what he does. Amen? Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for uh, this people, Lord. Lord, that um, we're here this morning, Lord, because we believe... But, Lord, we're also here because we want to live by faith. Lord, we want to walk your word in our lives. Lord, we want to be a people of your promises. So, Father, we again, just today, Lord, right now, uh, lift up our voices, Father. Lift up our hearts before you, Lord God, and ask, Father, that you would show us uh, and, and help us, Lord, to put that lens of faith on. 
Lord, to be that people that keep guard over our lips, make sure, making sure that, Lord, we say what you say. Lord, that you've given us these promises to live by. And Father, we thank you for them, Lord, that they're fulfilled in our lives, that we pursue them, Lord. We give you all the honour and all the glory for them, Father. And Lord, we thank you that without you, we can do nothing. We thank you, Lord, that with you, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you today. As this people, Father, uh, make this commitment, Lord, make this fresh start, Lord God, today. Lord, that you help them through to the next step. The word, Lord God, that they need to stand on. Uh, the sword of the Spirit, which you need to put in their hands, which is the word of God. Lord, you help them with it, Father, we ask. And Lord, we thank you for what you do and how you fulfill your word in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. We give you thanks and praise. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't we give the Lord a shout? It's like a victory shout. Amen. Victory shout, Lord God. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.